Welcome everybody to episode 7 of Talkin' Schmodown. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am excited to break down the this past week in the movie trivia Schmodown. We had a couple of great matches. Uh, it's the, it was the beginning of the uh, Season 6 in-studio matches. We had uh, the Harris Brothers versus Critically Acclaimed in a number one contenders match. And we also saw Mark Riley versus the Godfather himself, Drew McWeeny. It's a fantastic week for uh, for Schmodown, and I uh, hope you guys are ready to talk, because this is Talkin' Schmodown. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get into this week's Schmodown uh, activities. Uh, I do want to, however, start off uh, this week's episode a little bit on a somber note. Last week, Mark Riley's dog, Kale, Kale the Schmodog, uh, you guys sh- should know him if you guys have been watching uh, Schmoes or Schmodown for, you know, really for, you don't even have to have been watching for that long to know uh, Kale. He passed away last week. Um, he was 12 years old. Apparently, he uh, had some uh, internal bleeding. They found a tumor, and uh, he he just didn't make it. It was it was pretty rough. I think it happened on I believe on Thursday. Uh, so I, I just want to take take a moment, kind of a moment of silence for uh, Kale the Schmodog. All right, thank you. All right, so uh, let's just uh, dive right into everything. Uh, this this past week, we got the January behind-the-scenes video. Uh, had all kinds of good stuff in it. They uh, went behind the scenes of the New York Live show. Uh, it was a pretty cool little video. They uh, started off with this like black-and-white, noirish kind of opening. Uh, it was It was really cool. I dug it. Um, Christian talked about some stuff, he kind of opened it up, uh, then you get, uh, this kind of long piece of Mark Ellis talking about everything, uh, as he's walking down the streets in New York. It was actually a really cool, um, way way to do it, because you don't, in these behind the scenes videos, you don't usually see stuff like that, because this was specifically, uh, you know, a live event that was somewhere else, and so it was kind of nice to see them out in in the city doing some stuff uh, that that was really cool. Um, we got to see Makuga in the back, some shots of, of the crowd lined up waiting for the show. <clears throat> it was really fascinating to see. And every time I've, I've watched these behind the scenes videos, it's very, always fascinating to see the inner workings of the Schmodown, like when they're prepping stuff, uh, when they're uh, you know kind of doing test runs for entrances and things like that. It's actually really, I, I dig it. That's one of the things that I really love. It's like they're they're essentially breaking kayfabe, and uh, I, I really like it. Um, I'm somebody who loves both sides. I like to throw myself into the the kayfabe of, of it all. 
Um, but I also like to kind of see what happens outside of that and, and kind of go behind it. So I, I really like these videos. Um, they get some pre-show thoughts from some people like uh, Ken Knapsack, Janine the Machine, uh, Jen Sturger, uh, Dan Merle, and uh, even uh, Ethan Irwin and Jay Washington. Um, you get most of this episode is is set you know kind of during that pre-show for the live event. That was the majority of it. You get a, a quick jump to after with uh, after the show with Ben with Ben Bateman. Uh, then they kind of do some stuff with the award show. You get a bunch of behind the scenes pictures. Then uh, they go backstage to the studio for uh, the critically acclaimed in uh, Harris Brothers match, which is uh, what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, they do all kinds kinds of stuff back there. You see all kinds of people. Um, one of the most, uh, one of the things that I liked the most during this was, uh, right toward the end, Bibiani, he's given some suggestions for wheel slices that should be added. He get he says, like, Stephen King, uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, Alien versus Predator, which is, which is what I, th- I thought was pretty neat, is, uh, essentially it's, you take all the Aliens movies, all the Predator movies, and the, the two Aliens versus Predator movies, and you get quite a few. You get, uh, what is it, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 10, 12 movies. Uh, so it's more than the, there are Star Wars movies, so I think uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. And then the one that really intrigued me was Box Office Bombs. Uh, I was like, that sounds actually like it would be really neat because... Like he says, you know, you get a lot of the blockbusters and stuff like that that they talk about, but these ones that kind of come and go and, and don't make make any noise, they tend to get overlooked in the Schmodown. And I think having a, a box office bombs category would actually be really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think that'd be fascinating. The one that I've always kind of championed is video game movies. I think they did it like once. Uh, in like one match, I think it was probably Inner Geekdom or something. They they had uh, a video games slice, but uh, that that's one that I've always championed. So I, I definitely think they should add that one. But yeah, uh, these uh, these behind the scenes videos you can if you're a patron, uh, I believe it's at the five dollar and up tier if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you you get access to the monthly behind the scenes video. It, it, it's definitely worth it. It's it's so cool. I love seeing it. This is one of those great perks. I, I'm at the ten dollar, and so you get all kinds of good stuff at that. I think that at the moment, that's one of the be- that's probably the best uh, tier. That's not like super expensive or anything like that. You know, you get the uh, you get the the behind the scenes. You get the player commentaries. You get the exhibition matches. You're going to be getting the live streams for a little while with that tier, and so. You get all this stuff. It's definitely worth it if if you're thinking about signing up for the Patreon. Definitely, if you're able to do it, I'd suggest doing that uh, that ten dollar tier so you can get all this stuff. And if you guys have been watching the uh, the behind the scenes videos, let me know what you guys have been thinking about it. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. So hop on to uh, uh, hop on over to Twitter. Uh, I think that that'd probably be the best place. Uh, it's at movie blog Merck. So that's movie M O V I E blog B L O G Merck M E R C movie blog Merck, and uh, you can hashtag talking schmodown. 
you can you know comment about anything that you hear today uh ask me questions anything anything you want we can start a conversation i'd love to get a bit more involved with the fans all right, then uh, they announced that the Christian announced that the next two live events have been booked, <clears throat> and they they started selling tickets. Uh, they're doing the 2019 free for all, which will take place in Los Angeles on March 23rd. It'll be 35 competitors. The winner gets a shot at any title they're choosing, and then the Star Wars Celebration doubleheader, which will be in Chicago during Star Wars Celebration on April 13th. And the two matches will be Alex Damon versus a to-be-determined uh, opponent for the title. From what I understand, the, the his opponent will be chosen uh, via a Schmodown match, I think, on Thursday of of uh, of Star Wars Celebration. So that would be on the, what, the 11th. Um, from what I've heard, it's a, I'm not sure if this has actually been set or not. It's a, a, from what I've heard, it's a five a, a five person match. So they'll do like their their normal five person match, and then the winner of that will take on uh, Damon for the title. Apparently, they weren't able to get uh, Sam Witwer like they were hoping for, but you know that's okay. You know because if Sam had won the title, if it had been a title match and he had won, then he would have had to vacate it again. So it just kind of it, it makes sense that way. Uh, and then the other match uh, will be Who's the Boss versus a uh, to-be-determined team for a number one contenders uh, uh, team match. So, so that'll be that'll be really good. I'm, I'm actually really excited to, uh, to to see these. And like I said, tickets are on sale now. I know that the Chicago show, the Star Wars uh, Celebration one, was pretty close to being sold out last I knew. So if it's not sold out yet, there's not very, probably not very many tickets left. So make sure that you hop online and uh, grab your tickets now. And make sure you get your tickets for the free-for-all. It's going to be a big one, 35 competitors. Uh, the free-for-alls are, are fantastic. Last year they did the 50-man, and that had, it was crazy. I had uh, Bibiani in there for like 21, 22 rounds or something like that. Uh, and it eventually led to him uh, getting the title eventually, uh, and it's and it's what eventually led this whole thing because with Brienne winning it last year is what led to the Shire Wolves getting the tag titles. So you know a lot of good stuff comes out of the free for all. So make sure that if you're in the LA area uh, on March 23rd that you get your tickets now so that you can uh, check out this amazing event. Uh, they also announced that the February exhibition match will be a Black History Month match between Jay Washington and Winston Marshall. Uh, this will be available for the $10 patrons uh, when it launches, and then two weeks later for all patrons. They haven't uh, they haven't released the date yet. It's usually right around the end of the month, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I-, I was actually kind of surprised that it was just a, a one-on-one because there's... Plenty of, of black competitors in the Shmoda, so I thought maybe they would do like a five-person kind of a thing. Um, so I was, I was a little shocked that it was, a, it was just a one-on-one. That could change, you know, theoretically. Uh, we don't know. But, um, yeah, like I said, there, there's plenty of people who could have uh, competed in this match. So I was, I was kind of shocked that it was just Jay and Winston. Uh, and either way, I'm sure it'll be a, a great match, and I'm excited to check it out. Uh, 
And Christian also made another announcement that for the time being, live streaming will stay on the $10 and up tiers. Uh, Christian wants to get uh, the streaming... He wants to get to a point where they're streaming live two to three times a month. And when that happens is when uh, the $11 tier that he talked about before will launch. Um, because that that way, you know, you're paying that little that extra dollar from you know if you're right now if you're at the ten dollar tier, you're getting it all. You pay that extra dollar, you'll be able to you know get two to three live streams instead of just like the the one that they're doing right now. Um, so that's definitely worth it. Um, so whenever they do launch that new tier, I will be definitely signing up for it. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And let me know what you guys uh, think. Uh, did you like the live stream event? Are you excited for, uh, for for all the stuff that they're doing? I know that their next live stream event, I believe, is the Schmodown Throwdown, uh, which I know will have an Inner Geekdom title match, Mike Kalinowski versus the winner of uh, Rachel Cushing and Adam Lovick, which is actually out on uh, Patreon, uh, Patreon right now. And it'll hit uh, YouTube on Thursday for uh, everybody else. But if you're a patron, you can actually uh, access it. All the, all patrons can access it uh, right now, actually. So make sure you go and check that out. All right, so let's jump into the matches. The first match uh, for the week was Harris Brothers versus Critically Acclaimed in a number one contender team match. Uh, this, like I said, is the official in-studio kickoff to Season 6. It has been months since Critically Acclaimed has competed as a team. During Anarchy, Whitney was with Mark uh, Hoyk, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and uh, Bibiani was with Matt Nost. Uh, neither of those teams made it to the end. Uh, Critically Acclaimed currently sits with a record, uh, before I should say before this match, they sat at a record of 3-1 uh, and one with three knockouts, which is a great record. Uh, the only team to beat them uh, at this point was uh, Late to the Party. And then the Harris Brothers, they formed during Anarchy when JTE got injured and Lon needed a new partner. And they also stand at 3-1 uh, and one at this point with one knockout. So, you know, they, they both have uh, the same records, just uh, different different knockout count. And uh, so this, is, this was a, a perfect match, I think to have for the uh, the opener, the in-studio opener for Season 6. So out came, out the curtain first was critically acclaimed. Whitney the Beauty Seibold and uh, William the Beast Bibiani of the Beauty and the Beast, which I love that they uh, they went with that for their, uh, their nicknames. This was an amazing entrance to me. They did a Monsters, Inc., Entrance. They're going through different doors, just like in uh, uh, Monsters Inc. And I, I it, it was fascinating to me to see what they did. They involved. Uh, you had you saw Thad Williams. Uh, they got late to the party involved in this. The, like I said, the one team that actually beat them, and they even got uh, screen junkies involved. They had them doing. Um, they had them kind of set up doing a uh, movie fights, which was really cool. They were furiously fighting over dance movies, which is apropos because it's it's William Bibiani he loves himself some dance movies. Uh, I I'll be honest with you, the I I know that this is the first in studio match of the year, but this entrance 
definitely to me screams best entrance material for next year's uh, Schmodown Awards. It wouldn't surprise me if this ends up on on the nomination list because this was just such a, a just a fantastically clever, innovative uh, entrance, and I, I don't know. It was it's one of I think probably honestly it's probably at least one of like at least in the top three at the at least uh, of my favorite. Um, entrances for any of the Schmodown, to be honest with you. Definitely, it's probably... It might be my favorite critically acclaimed entrance that they've done. Um, they do, they've done some really cool ones, but I, I think this is my favorite. Um, they were both wearing Monsters University hats, which I really thought was cool. Um, I I didn't even notice the hats until like the end of the match, which is really funny. But uh, yeah, I, I I love this entrance, so I, I really hope that uh, I really hope that people remember it when uh, next year rolls around. Uh, at, at this point in the match, so like they had just they just come out, the match hasn't even started yet, and by this point, Mark Ellis has already called uh, Bibiani. He's already called him William the Bibiani twice now <laughs> instead of calling him William the Beast Bibiani he's just called him William the Bibiani and he did that twice before uh Harris Brothers even made it out to 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 the ring so i thought that was pretty funny so then uh, out comes the Harris Brothers uh they did a seventh seal entrance which it was it was okay it was not nearly as good and i'll be honest i they probably should have come out first um, so you could have like enjoyed their entrance a bit and then saw, cause it, it's, I feel like it was difficult to follow up that entrance. So pretty much anything that they did would just kind of look not, not nearly as good in comparison. Um, so, uh, they probably should have come out first. So they all get settled and then they start round one. And it's just a slobber knocker back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Um, there were, inside of the eight rounds, there were only two instances where they weren't tied. Um, so, you know, you had one of the teams miss a question, and then the other team missed a question later on. And so they end up, you know, being tied. Um Lon Harris does get a perfect round. He gets a bonus question. They uh, ask the question was name the two actors who have played Rooster Cogburn. He answers Jeff Bridges and John Wayne and gets it right. And that's where it it ties up at the end of round one, 12 to 12. So like I said, these guys are just heaving punches at one another. Just boom, 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 knocking each other around, uh, keeping keeping everything tied together it, it's it's it, it is wild to, to watch just how good the two of them are together uh john jonathan had a little bit of a of a rough start here he only got three i believe um was it three or four yeah he only got three points during uh the first round so it was it was a bit rough um, even I, like, I, I don't ever, I will never claim to be an amazing Schmodung, uh competitor or anything like that. Um, even I got, ended up answering more questions correctly than, than he ended up uh, going. So he just, he had a rough, he had a rough game. 
during that first round. Um, luckily, Lon was able to pick up the slack and, and get that perfect round. Um, if he had been able, to, if Jonathan had been able to have a better round, you know, they would have been in the lead going into round two. So we get into round two. Apparently there's a new slice on the wheel. It's Jim Henson. I know that they've done this slice before, like one other time. And I think it actually might have been, I don't know if it was the same match or somewhere around there with the uh, I remember the video game ma- uh, movies match or a uh, slice. Um, but either way, I know that Jim Henson has been on there one other time. I don't remember if it was like a specialty thing or what it was, but it's nice to see a, a, you know them expanding and adding new slices. Unfortunately, it was never landed on during the match, so we never actually got to see uh, what the questions would have been. But it's just nice to see it there. Uh, the Harris brothers spin first. They get classics, and they stay with it. Um, they kind of just go through. They only miss one question. They miss the, the third one, and it gets stolen by critically acclaimed, but luckily it was just for one point because they did go to multiple choice. Um, for question one, they answered it, but they almost went to multiple choice, so they got two points there. They went to multiple choice for question two and three, and question three is where they missed and it was stolen for a point. They answered questions four and five, and then went to multiple choice for six and ended their part of the round to uh, at 20 to 13, so they got eight points uh, out of a possible 12. And then Critically Claim uh, spun 90s and stuck with it. And they they swept the board, getting all six questions, only going to multiple choice once on question five. So they ended up uh, getting 11 out of 12 points. Ending round two, 20 to 24 uh, in, in favor of Critically Acclaimed. So, yeah, right there, it was really, it was round two, that kind of made the swing, obviously, because they were tied at round one, and uh, the Harris brothers had had a bit of a rough patch in in round two. And I, like I said, I think if if Jonathan had 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 a bit of a better day today, um, I, I think uh, things might have been a little bit different. Think they might have they might have you know possibly even been tied going if he had been able to get that amount of points. Or been able to uh, not have to go to multiple choice the amount of times that they did. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't change the past at that point. So they go into round three. And this is where uh, this is where it, things just, just go completely downhill. You see round one. Lon does great. But Jonathan, not so much. And you get to round two. And it's just it's 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 not a great like I said they, they they did okay they did eight out of twelve which is which is respectable, um, but the problem is when you're up against someone like critically acclaimed and they're sweeping the board and getting eleven out of twelve points, eight's not going to cut it. And then they get into round three, so they're already down four points before they enter round three. And they miss all three other questions. Uh, Jonathan goes first, misses. Lon goes, you know, for his goes for the three pointer, misses, and then they get down to that five pointer, and they're not able to close it. And and that right there ends the game. Critically acclaim wins the match via TKO. Now this puts them at four TKOs. They are now four and one, which means that all of their wins have been some form of a knockout. Which is, I don't know if that's ever happened before with any other 
uh, player or team or, or, or what that all of their wins uh, at the at this level have have been knockouts of some sort. Uh, so that's that's insane to me. Um, it's a can they keep that trend going? I don't know. So the score ended up 2024 20, critically acclaimed wins, and now they will be facing the Shire Wolves for the tag team championships uh, at a later date. And I really, I think that's going to be a fantastic match. To be honest with you, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, they go into the back. Emma, the the commissioner of the teams and inner geekdom leagues, uh, she's in the back doing interviews. Um, first up is the Harris brothers. They're actually pretty pretty damn funny back there. I actually uh, had I really enjoyed their their backstage interview. And then Lon challenged uh, Bibbs to a singles match. Uh, so that, uh, that's, uh, that, that's exciting. I, you know, I think the two of them could actually, could actually really go the distance with one another. Then critically acclaimed comes out. And, uh, like I said, this is where I, like, I realized that they were wearing Monsters University hats. And I love, I love the hats. Um, and, and like I said before, I really think that their match with the Shirewolves is going to be pretty epic. But, uh, you know, they, they kind of do their thing. They talk and, uh. Then Bibbs accepts the Lon's challenge in a very comical kind of way. It's very Bibbsy, and you know it's very, very like him. Uh, so I, I'm actually really excited to see this Lon versus Bibbs match. I, I think it'll be fantastic. To be honest with you. Let me get an end credit scene uh, for the end of this episode, and it's Finstock. He's in the back talking about a grill. He's standing in front of a grill, and he's just kind of like talking about it, about. You know, you know how he might, you know, he could probably get a couple hundred bucks selling it on eBay or something like that. In other words, he's going to steal some random person's grill and sell it on eBay. And then Andrew Guy walks by talking to Bibiani on the phone about the table that he put Ben through. And apparently that table was Bibiani's table. Uh, so, you know, he gets off the phone with Bibbs and he goes up to uh, Bobby Gucci and he tries to recruit him. Because, you know, we learn that Guy is, you know, supposedly is looking for a teammate. Or, he, you know, we thought that he had one. So, at this point, we don't know anything. So, it's it looks like, well, okay, maybe he's trying to, maybe he's, he's looking at, at the Gooch for uh, for a new teammate. And, uh, you know, he, he essentially, you know, shuts him down. He tells him no. And then... In comes Robert Meyer Burnett. The captain himself is back. That is right. We saw him at the end of the, of the spectacular Burning Finstock's mask. And here he comes with Andrew Guy. So he definitely has a partner. And it is the, the captain. This dude is fierce. I am excited to see Burnett back. Um, he comes in with Finstock's wig from uh, the JTE trial and a bucket and a lighter fluid, just like what he used when he burned the mask. Uh, and he's taunting, you know, either he's taunting Tom a bit about uh, you know burning the mask and all that stuff. They continue to try to recruit him to recruit Tom, and Tom just he grabs his uh, his wig and runs out the door. Uh, Guy and Robert are definitely going to. Uh, set the Schmodown on fire 
this season. I'm really excited to see uh, you know, what, what they have in store for the Schmodown. Then we move into match two of the week, and that is Mark Riley versus Drew McWeenie. Uh, this was a, this was a, a great match. It was uh, e- this is one that I think people will be talking about. So the, okay, the the match opens up with a quick little tribute to Kel the Schmodog. You know, like I said uh, at the top of the show. Uh, Kale passed away, so this was a nice, a nice little quick tribute to Kale, especially uh, with it being Mark Riley's uh, match, singles match. So I really liked that they did that. Then they had an opening scene. It was Robert Meyer Burnett and, and Andrew Guy. They meet in an alley because apparently Guy uh, was banned from the building. Uh, I w- I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Burnett winds up double-crossing Guy. It's kind of like the thing that that he would do. But if not, I think that they may become one of the best factions in uh, Schmodown history. I'll be honest with you. I think they, they have that potential. So I'm super excited to see what they do. And I, Robert Meyer Burnett really likes to burn things, apparently. So I uh, I, I like this kind of new side to him. It's, you know, he's still doing the heel thing. But he's 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 not all uh, you know angry yelling and Navarro and all that and all that stuff. So it's it's a little bit different, and I really dig um, what they're what they're doing with it. Then we kind of get down to uh, the nitty gritty of things. Apparently, this is the first time that uh, Mark and Drew have played each other, so uh, it's, it's it's fascinating. You don't know really what to expect. We've never seen it before. Um, I think that after Sam left and, and uh, Above the Line split up, you know, I think Drew kind of lost his spark a little bit for the game. Um, you can kind of tell from his demeanor. But, I mean, it, I guess it, it, it could totally be an act, theoretically. Uh, you never know. Um, and if it is, bravo to, to Drew for, uh, uh, you know, being able to put that on. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's a bit more of both. I think you know, he he hasn't had that great of of luck. He's four and four, you know, so he hasn't really been the dominant uh, force that he he's probably hoped to be in the Schmodown since he came. Everybody thought he was just going to be this wrecking ball coming in, and really he's he's you know he's got a, he's around the same percentage record is like a Josh Makuga, you know, he's like a 500 player at this point. Um, and, and that's, that, that probably gets to him. And like I said, you know, after Sam left and ATL broke up, um, he probably was a little, you know, wandering around a little aimless there for a bit because with Sam, he, he had a good thing going. They were unstoppable. You know, they, they, they were undefeated. I believe, and uh, or I mean, if, if they had if they had suffered a loss, it would have been um, like before the tournament because they you know, they ran through that tournament and ended up winning the belts. Um, oh, and, and, you know they they did lose. They they lost to uh, the Patriots, I believe, the first time. I don't think they I think they played them the one other time before that. So either way, um, they you know they, they were they had a very good record as a team and they ended up winning the belts and so 
when Sam opted to leave, it, it I feel like Drew probably felt kind of obligated to be supportive, even though he he didn't probably you know he wanted to be champ. I I can guarantee you that. You know, he earned that, and he probably really didn't want to vacate his title, but there really wasn't much that he could do about it at that point. So, uh, you know, I feel like, th- I think it hit him a little hard, and he's and so he, uh, and you'll see at the end, um, I, I think that motivates some of the stuff that goes down at the end. I know that Christian likes to plan both ways, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if what what takes place at the end would have happened. I, you know, whether he won or lost, I, I guarantee you. Um, I really feel like it would have happened no matter what. So, so like I said, okay, so Drew McWeeny comes out first. Just does his normal Godfather entrance, not, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing too fancy, nothing like the first match that I talked about, where they're doing these special, crazy entrances and stuff like that. Uh, he just comes out, sits in the wrong seat, but that, you know, that that's okay. And then he ends up moving. Uh, then Mark comes out next with Finstock and Ben Bateman. Uh, Mark's nine and five with three KOs. Like I said, no big entrances here. Just coming out, a little bit of flair, doing their thing. Uh, but no big entrances uh, to speak of here. So we get into round one, and right off the bat, Mark Riley is uh, is isn't looking too good. Misses the first question, and so from the get, he trails Drew McWeeny the entire time. The entire time uh, during round one, he's never able to catch back up to him. Uh, Drew goes through and gets a perfect round. Uh, gets asked his bonus question and n- hits it. And apparently, this is his first perfect round in singles. So it's like, okay, it looks like uh, McWeeny's you know turning things around. He, you know, he's having a great match. He got a perfect round. His first in singles. Uh, he had three perfect rounds plus the bonus in teams, uh, but this was his first in uh, singles. And he did, he does get his bonus, like I said. So he ends up with nine. Um, like I said, Mark did not do very good this round. Uh, he only ended up with five, so the score was five to nine at the end of round one, and that is not where you want to be. Four points behind at the end of round one, that that's definitely not where you want to be. We get into round two. Uh, Drew has the option to go first. He defers to Mark, who spins Spinner's Choice and picks scores and soundtracks, and he does okay in this he uh winds up getting five out of the possible eight points uh but drew does get a one point steal on uh, one of the questions and and that ties it up 10 10 at the the end of mark's portion uh of round two we still have drew's to go so drew spins samuel l jackson and stays with it and also ends up getting five out of the possible eight points. Um, but Mark gets a two-point steal here. Um, the question was, Samuel L. Jackson played a cop by the name of P.K. Highsmith in what film? Drew confidently says The Negotiator. But the answer was actually the other guys, which uh, Mark Riley ends up getting for the two points. 
and that puts the score at the end of round two at 12 to 15. So Drew is still up three points at the end of round two. Uh, things are not looking good for uh, Mark Riley. We go into round three. Mark hits his two-pointer, misses his three-pointer. Uh, the three-pointer was in the fantasy drama The Shape of Water, who plays Eliza's best friend and fellow custodian, Zelda. The answer was Octavia Spencer, and Mark ends up saying Olivia Spencer. And he, after they say, after they give the answer to him, he's kicking himself. Like he realizes, like shit, I can't believe that I I got her first name wrong. Um, obviously, like he knew that who the person was, like he knew who it was, but he got her name wrong. So obviously, he could not be given uh, the points for that. Um, luckily, he does get his five points, um, his five-pointer, and that ends up putting, at the end of his th- three questions, because he ends up having to answer them all before Drew does anything, he's up 19 to 15 at this point. And then we go into to Drew's questions. He misses his first one, uh, nails his, third, or his three-pointer, his second question, so that puts it at 19 to 18, and then it all comes down to the final question Andrew misses the final question and the Mark Riley pulls out the win he comes back from behind from a four-point deficit in round one a three-point deficit in round two and ends up beating the godfather Drew McQueenie 19 to 18 I did not see this coming if if I was a betting man I would have bet on uh, like no offense to Mark Riley, I love Mark and he's great at the game, but I would have bet on Drew, but he just had a rough round uh, three, and 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 that can take people out. You know, unfortunately, round three can be devastating for for people. Um, and it's like it's like when I think about people like like look at critically acclaimed. As a team, they've only had to answer questions in round three once, and that was during the match that they lost. They otherwise they have gotten they've won by KO every other time, so they have never had to like in those matches they haven't had to answer any three point questions. So it's like I believe Drew had a couple of KOs. And so he's only had experience with it a few, uh, you know, a few times, and most of those times were when he's lost. So those three, those round three questions can be rough. And he, you know, he talks a little bit about it. It's like sometimes it can be hard to prepare for them because it can be almost anything, and you know how the difficulty goes up. And so, like I said, yeah, it can. It can be, it can spell doom for a lot of people, and, and unfortunately for the Godfather, you know this uh, this match, it uh, round three was his downfall. Um, now, I don't think that. Here, here's the thing. Even if he had, you know, tanked the round three like he did, there were some other. There was another thing that happened that uh, really affected the game. And that was round two. During round two, like I said, 
Drew McQueenie ended up uh, answering that Samuel Jackson uh, P.K. Highsmith question incorrectly and uh, allowing Mark Riley to to, to grab it and, and steal it. And that was, realistically, him missing that question, is a, that's a four-point swing right there. If he had gotten that question right, the score at the end would have been 20-17, to 17, and Drew McWeeny would have won. If Mark Riley hadn't answered it correctly, the score would have been 18-17, to 17, and Drew McWeeny would have won. If Drew had gone multiple choice and still missed it, the score would have been 18 to 18 and would have gone into a sudden death. And so theoretically, he could have still won. So really, it came down to this question is what lost Drew the match because, you know, even, okay, and again, like I say, the other option, you know, he goes multiple choice and he answers it. It would have been nineteen to seventeen, and he would and he would have won. So it's uh, you know, anyway, really that you look at it, it was this question. If this question had gone almost any other way, including you know multiple choice, and he gets it wrong, and um. Mark still gets it right, which he would have because he not, he knew the answer. So if it was multiple choice, he definitely would have gotten it right. It would have, like I said, it would have gone been tied, and it would have gone into sudden death. And who knows what would have happened there? So when you look back at this match, this is the question. You know, sometimes people like to blame uh, you know things, but you know, a lot of times it really it's it's a lot of other factors. But this is the question that was the turning point. You know, you, we may not have realized it at the time. It's like, oh, you know, he missed the question. You know, he got a little maybe he got a little overzealous. I don't know, but he missed the question and and it was it was a steal. But it was a big steal. And it like I said, is the turning point of this match. Whether we knew it or not, it was the it was the thing that that, that determined everything. And you don't see that often. So to me, it was fascinating to actually see that and be able to catch that and understand that uh, one single question would have completely, you know, in almost any other scenario, would have completely changed the outcome of this match. So, you know, it's all about getting those questions, man. It's, It's, you know, every single point does matter. Whether you think it does or not, every single point matters. So, well, like I said, unfortunately, Drew McWeeny lost. Mark Riley, uh, however, congratulations, won. And he is now 10-5. and five. He is the third player to ever hit 10 wins uh, alongside his fellow horsemen, John Roca and Dan Merle. They, these three guys are the only ones to ever get... Uh, 10 wins in their singles uh, career, and I think that is fantastic. Congratulations, Mark Riley. You have a strong season. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you're on your way with a great team with Who's the Boss, 
and having a strong start to your singles uh, season, I th- I think we have I think we can I think it's safe to say Mark Riley is someone to keep an eye out for if you if you're doing fantasy uh, league or anything like that snatch up uh, uh, Mark Riley I th- I think he's gonna I think he's really gonna bring it home for for everyone. All right, and then uh, we go backstage. It's Jen Sturger doing the interviews in the back. You, you know, Mark Riley, he does this thing. You know, um, just kind of nothing really super, in, you know, uh, interesting or out of the ordinary in his. But then we get to Drew, and you can tell Drew is down. Uh, he's trying to figure it out, you know. And I think I, part of me wonders if he realizes what I realized about that question in round two, and if it's if it's eating at him, you know. Because he's a smart guy, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's running through those numbers of it. And he's he's trying to figure out. He's like, how you know? How did I lose? This is I, this is ridiculous. How do I keep you know doing this? Then Robert Meyer Burnett comes out and tries to recruit Drew. Um, these two guys would be fantastic together. Putting him in there with Drew Guy, who's a fantastic mouthpiece. I you know it, I, that'd be a, that'd be a great little faction. And guess what? Drew joins. He's angry. He he's looking for for you know a brotherhood, someone to, to help lift him up. And I think this is the team to do it. I am excited. We're gonna see a heel uh, Drew McWeeny. This is fantastic. I am so excited for season six of the Schmodown. I can't wait. Whoo! Yeah, that that's fantastic. I, I'm so I'm so excited. Um, that 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 pretty much wraps everything up for uh, this week's episode of Talking Schmodown. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's going to happen next week. We've got uh, Inside Schmodown, which came out uh, last night, I believe. So I'm going to talk about it on next week's uh, episode because I'd like to keep the week's worth of stuff in the same episode. Um, the Ken is host, obviously uh, hosting that with guest Dan Merle. He's the current champion. He's the three-time Movie Schmodown uh, singles champion. Uh, we'll also have three matches to break down next week. We have Rachel the Crusher Cushing versus uh, Adam Lovick in an Inner Geekdom number one contenders match. Uh, the winner of that match will go on to face Mike Kalinowski at the Schmodown Throwdown uh, live event. So I'm excited for that. It's on That's on February 23rd, the Schmodown Throwdown. Um, the the Rachel-Adam match will take place on... Uh, well, it, it's already up right now. It, it launched on Monday for uh, the $2 and up patrons. And then today, it was made available for all patrons. So if you're a patron, hop on and, and go check out the uh, Rachel Cushing-Adam Lovick match. It will be available this Thursday on YouTube, on the Movie uh, Trivia Showdown YouTube channel for uh, all the public to check out. Um, also this Thursday will be the Patriots vs. Schmoes uh, January Exhibition match. So we'll be talking about that next week. And on Friday, we get uh, two rookies entering the league for their uh, debut match in the singles league. Paul Oyama versus Brendan Meyer. 
So be sure to check that out and join me next Monday for another episode of Talkin' Schmodown. Uh, this is Josh the Merc Rainer, like I said, owner of Merc with the Movie Blog, and I am excited that I've been able to uh, talk to you guys about everything happening in the Schmodown. It's, it's something that I love, so thank you so much for joining me. Uh, please be sure to head on over to uh, the social media networks. You can hit me up on uh, Facebook at Merc with a Movie Blog and on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. I also have a YouTube channel where uh, I'm doing things like um, trailer reactions. Uh, I'm gonna I have a little uh, short review of uh, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World that I'll be putting up soon. And uh, so check out the the YouTube channel of there, Merc with a Movie Blog, and. Make sure you you check out the website, uh, which is MerkWithTheMovieBlog.com. I post all the uh, all, all my shows over there, my podcasts, um, uh, the, my written reviews when I do them. I'm working on my spoiler review for uh, How to Train Your Dragon, the, the Hidden World. The video one will be non-spoiler, so if you're not looking for spoilers yet, obviously you go and check that one out. And then um, when the uh, movie gets a little closer to release i'll be able to put out i'll put out the uh, spoiler the written spoiler review that you guys can check out where i'll dive out quite a bit deeper into the movie um that way um and be sure to check out my other podcast it's after live it's the unofficial collider live after show where i break down everything that happened on collider live during the week and you can check uh, all the podcasts out on uh, Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud, so be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you like uh, what you're hearing, you know, please give you know give me a four or five star rating, a review that really helps boost things up. And uh, you know, always feel free to send me any questions you have. You can, like I said, hit me up on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk and use the hashtag TalkinSchmoDown. That's T A L K I N No G. Schmodown, talking Schmodown, hashtag that, and uh, yeah, so thanks again everybody, um, this has been Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. <laughs>